Hello and welcome to the Oleaster podcast, the audible version of articles on oleaster.org. I am Devin Phillips, the author and your narrator. Without further ado, let's dive in. Son of Abraham, first week of Advent, the Incarnation, the Parousia, and the Covenants of Israel. As the Gospels open and the narrative of Scripture resumes, we are met with this statement. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Note Matthew 1, 1. And note. To most, this somewhat dry introduction to Jesus is meant as a credential, proof that this man from Nazareth did in fact have the proper royal ancestry to claim the throne of David and the title Messiah of Israel. But surely, to be a son of David implies that you are also a son of Abraham. Why does Abraham get special mention? Our first clue comes in the prophetic songs of Mary and Zechariah, as recorded in Luke. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his offspring forever. Luke chapter 1, verses 54 through 55. To show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham, to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear. Note, Luke chapter 1, verses 72 through 74. The Lord remembered his covenant with Abraham at the first advent of his Messiah, the same covenant he remembered as he brought Israel out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Note Exodus chapter 2, verse 24 through 25. End note. Why would God's mindfulness of this covenant precede God's saving deeds? Why does this covenant uniquely motivate the Lord to act on behalf of his people? Before tackling those questions, it would probably be fruitful to summarize the main contents of the divine promises made to Abraham and then confirmed to Isaac and Jacob. These promises, described by the law and the prophets as a, quote, everlasting covenant, consist of three main themes. First, the calling of Abram out of the land of Ur was attached to the assurance that through Abram, quote, all the families of the earth would be blessed, end quote. Note, Genesis Chapter 12, verse 3. End note. Second, God promised that the offspring of Abraham would be reckoned through a son of promise and so numerous that they would be essentially uncountable. Note. Genesis chapter 15, verses 4 through 5. End note. And third, God gave land with specific boundaries to Abraham and his offspring in the covenant of pieces. Note. Genesis chapter 15, verses 18 through 20. End note. With this framework in mind, let's return to our previous question. Why does God remember his covenant with Abraham in the act of incarnation? Perhaps the first promise that all the families of the earth would be blessed through Abraham would seem the most accessible to Gentile readers in connecting, or even reconciling, the Savior of the world with the son of Abraham. Was it not this offspring of Abraham that commissioned his followers to make disciples of all nations? Note. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, end note. 
Was it not the temporary and partial hardening of Abraham's family to the mystery of the Incarnation that was a means to mass salvation of Gentiles, leading to the eventual redemption of all Israel and the resurrection of the dead? Note, Romans chapter 11, verse 25, and note. The history of Israel has many references to mixed multitudes, resident aliens, and Gentile God-fearers among the people of Israel. However, those non-Jewish people who joined themselves to Israel and her God were always the exception rather than the rule. Jesus was clear. His mission and ministry centered on the lost sheep of Israel. Note, Matthew chapter 15, verse 24, and note. It is through the demonstration of God's commitment to his chosen people and the confirmation of those promises given to Jesus' father Abraham that the nations can rightly worship the faithful and merciful God of Israel. Note, Romans 15, verses 8 and 9, and note. Though the genius of God works through election to open mercy for all, election has also sparked hatred towards the covenant people, a demonic rage against God's promises to Abraham throughout the centuries. Indeed, if the promises to bless all the families of the earth through the family of Abraham has millennia of bloodshed in its wake, so does the promise that the offspring of Abraham would be like the number of stars in the heavens. From the first battle with the Amalekites on the outskirts of Egypt, to the pogroms of Europe, to the Black Sabbath of October 7th, the family of Abraham has suffered massacre upon massacre. These attacks are not primarily in responsible to what Abraham's children have done, but to who they are, a nation marked by divine assurances that not only will they survive, but one day they will thrive. Jesus affirmed the word of the covenant and the prophets by explaining that the children of Abraham would still exist as a distinct people group on the day of the Lord and the age to come. After describing the events preceding the end of the age and the coming of the Son of Man, he said, quote, Truly, I say to you, this Yenea, that is, generation, race, family, will not pass away until all these things take place. Note, Matthew chapter 24, verse 34, and note. To attack the people of God with the goal of genocide is nothing less than to attempt to void the eternal covenant, but God will not be made a liar. The elect people, Abraham's children, will live to bear witness to their Messiah at the final judgment, but they will not be the only nation to do so. There was a specific component of the Incarnation that allowed the election of Abraham's family, a people that would survive against all odds, to open wide a door of salvation to diverse nations. In his sermon to the Gentile Athenians in Acts 17, verses 30-31, through 31, Paul stated it most clearly. Quote, the times of ignorance God overlooked, but know he commands all people everywhere to repent, because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed, and of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. The times of ignorance are over because God has sent a clearing call of repentance to the far corners of the earth. The Messiah, the ultimate judge, was raised from the dead. Without the Incarnation, there is no crucifixion, and without the crucifixion, there is no resurrection. And if there is no resurrection, then we are most to be pitied, because we worship a God who cannot keep His promises. Note, 
See 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 15, and note. Abraham understood the vital role of resurrection in fulfilling God's covenants. The writer of Hebrews, when reflecting on the righteousness of Abraham, wrote, quote, By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, Through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. Note, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 17 through 19. End note. Abraham believed so entirely in the covenant promises that resurrection was a necessary component of his faith. Abraham's conviction of the literalness of the pledges made to him led him to believe not only in the resurrection in general, but also in his own resurrection. Abraham died without receiving the promises, but he, quote, greeted them from afar, end quote. Note, see Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13, end note. Without resurrection, this creates an unreconcilable difficulty, as the covenant is made not only with Abraham's offspring, but also with Abraham himself. Note, see Genesis chapter 13, verse 15, and Galatians chapter 3, verse 16. End note. Resurrection is not only a vital component of the blessing of the families of the earth and the numerous offspring elements of the Abrahamic covenant, but the land promise necessitates resurrection as well. How would Abraham also inherit the land that wouldn't even partially come into his family's possession until 400 years after God initially made the promise to him? Stephen, in his sermon before his death by stoning, highlights this point, quote, Yet he gave him, that is Abraham, no inheritance in it, not even a foot's length, but promised to give it to him as a possession and to his offspring after him, though he had no child. Note, Acts chapter 7, verse 5, and note. When will Abraham and his offspring inherit the land from the Nile to the Euphrates? Note, see Genesis chapter 15, verse 18, and note. In the second advent of the Messiah, at the resurrection of the righteous. Note, see Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 18, Joel chapter 3, verse 20, and Amos chapter 9, verse 15. End note. Note. Recently, I had a conversation with a friend about this issue of land inheritance, and he brought up Romans 4.13. He laid out what I now know to be the, quote, expansionist, end quote, view, which differs from the, quote, replacement, end quote, views of the covenants. In the expansionist interpretation, the promises of Abraham are broadened to include Gentiles, and the borders of the land promises are extended from the land of Canaan to the ends of the earth. Dr. Nelson S. Shea, in his article, Abraham as Heir of the World, Does Romans 4.13 Expand the Old Testament Abrahamic Land Promises, lays out the various scholarly positions of this verse. He carefully examines the context of the passage, the senses of the Greek terms employed, and the context of Second Temple literature, and concludes that this passage should not be used to support an expansionist interpretation of the land promises to Abraham, but rather a reaffirmation of Abraham being the father of many nations. Quote, it is about the worldwide nature of Abraham's descendants. It is not about the worldwide nature of Abraham's land promises. End quote. 
page 110. You can read more of his helpful explanation in the notes on our website or in the Substack article. End note. Because of Abraham's hope of resurrection, Jesus was able to say to some Jewish leaders, quote, Abraham saw my day and rejoiced. End quote. Note. John chapter 8, verse 56. End note. And made an appeal to the centrality of the resurrection from the covenant name of God. Quote, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. End quote. Note. Matthew chapter 22, verses 31 through 32. End note. So we see that, consistent with the messages of the prophets, the apostles, and Jesus himself, the suffering, death, and resurrection of Israel's Messiah was an essential step in securing the promises made to Abraham, but those promises remain unrealized to this day. With our father Abraham, we patiently wait for the eternal covenant made to Abraham to be kept. We long for the fullness of the Gentiles to come to saving knowledge of Israel's Messiah. We look to the day the son of Abraham comes into his inheritance and rules with justice and peace from Zion. With all creation, we await the consolation of Israel when she will dwell in safety in the land promised to her, and she will serve her God without fear. Like Abraham, we place all our hope in the covenant-keeping God who demonstrated his love in confirming his promises of our future resurrection by himself resurrecting from the dead. This has been a recording of Son of Abraham, the first week of Advent, the Incarnation, the Parousia, and the Covenants of Israel series. Tune in for our next installment for Advent 2, Born Under the Law. All Bible quotations are from the English Standard Version, unless otherwise specified. If you enjoyed listening, please feel free to read or listen to other articles at oleaster.org, receive new content in your inbox by subscribing to the Substack, or follow at oleasterbranch on X or Instagram. Any and all feedback to this or other articles is welcome. If you have a question, comment, or correction, please feel free to email contact at oleaster.org. The music in this episode is Zion Train by Alexandra Simeonuk. Thanks for listening. Until next time, Maranatha.